Hey Kai Alpha, this is Matt. I want to share some news with you. The Drain family is expanding. I'll tell you what I mean by that. This weekend, we are adopting a kitten, right? So there's a lady at church who came and uh, spoke to my wife, uh, spoke to my kids, later to me, says, hey, we, uh, we have a cat that had kittens. Would you guys like to adopt a kitten? And you guys need to know this about me. We've already got a dog and I have a pretty firm one pet rule, right? My kids know that, my wife knows that. Uh, but we were offered this kitten and <laughs> my family uh, begged, 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 can we have this kitten? Uh, my, my kids especially, my daughter, daddy, please, daddy, please, daddy, please, we need this kitten. 2020 has been rough. We need this kitten to adopt, something to hug, something to cuddle. It's going gonna, it's gonna to make everything right. It's going to make all the bad things come untrue. God, you know, Dad, can we please have this kitten? And so finally, I relented. And this weekend, we are adopting a kitten. You guys pray for me, right, as we're adopting this uh, brand new baby kitten into our home as we go from a one pet home to a two pet home. Um, I want to ask you guys this question. Whose responsibility is it to take care of this kitten? Right? So the kids have promised me, oh, we're going to feed the kitten, right? We're going we're gonna to do everything you need to do to take care of the kitten. Dad, you're not going to have to do anything uh, to worry about this kitten. Just, just let, let us get this kitten. We'll take care of it, right? And, and, uh, but I still wonder, man, at the end of the day, whose responsibility is it to actually take care of this kitten, right? So we may have many conversations about that in the weeks and months to come. Whose responsibility is it to take care of this kitten? One thing is very clear to me, though, this kitten is not going to take care of itself, right? This kitten is not going to care for itself. Last week, we talked about the importance of belonging to a community, belonging to a community that's going to encourage you in your faith, encourage you to pursue God and love others well. And the thing I want us to think about tonight is whose responsibility is it to build this community? Who builds churches? Who builds college ministries? Who builds these communities of faith where people can encounter God and experience his love and grace and restoration? In the text that we're looking at tonight, Jesus answers this question of exactly who is responsible for building these things, building these communities of faith where people can encounter God. As we read in Matthew chapter 16, Jesus is walking with his disciples and Jesus asks them this question. He says, who do people say that I am? And so he gets a variety of different answers from the disciples because there's a variety of different opinions at that time of who Jesus was. Some say, man, he's an amazing teacher. He's a prophet. Some say he's maybe John the Baptist come in a different form or one of the prophets of old like Elijah or Jeremiah. And then Jesus focuses it back towards them in verse 15 and asks them specifically. Matthew chapter 16, verse 15. But what about you? He asks, who do you say that I am? Simon Peter answered, You're the Messiah, the Son of the living God. Jesus replied, Blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by flesh and blood, but by my Father in heaven. And I tell you, you are Peter, and on this rock, and that's some wordplay there because the Greek words for Peter and rock sound similar. He says, On this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Jesus says, Peter, on this rock, I'll build my church. I will build my church. Jesus will build his church. And on this rock, on this proclamation of truth, on this proclamation that Jesus is the Messiah, Jesus is the Savior, Jesus is the Son of God who's come to save us and redeem us, on this truth, Jesus will build his church. And make no mistake, he is the one to build it. Right? We said, who's responsible for building these communities of faith? Jesus says, I will build my church. He's the one to build it, not charismatic leaders or gifted communicators 
not human wisdom or corporate growth strategies. Jesus is the one who will build his church. In fact, Jesus wants it to be so clear that God is the one doing the work and not us. God wants, it to be, uh, God, God wants us to be so sure of that and our trust so much in him uh, and, and, and wants us to be confident in him and not in our own ability that he tells his disciples to not even begin their mission of making disciples of all nations until they first received power from the Holy Spirit. He says in Luke chapter 24, Luke 24 and verse 47, he says, Forgiveness of sins will be preached in my name to all people. But wait, but first, in verse 49, it says, But first, stay in the city until you've been clothed with power on high. Right? There's going to be a time for you to preach in my name, to preach that people can be forgiven of their sins and reconciled to God, the good news of the gospel, what God has done for them through Jesus, uh, and the opportunity they have to have their sins forgiven, everything they've ever done wrong, forgiven by God, receive grace and mercy from God, adopted into the family of God. There's going to be a time to preach this to all nations, to all people. But he says, but wait. Don't do it yet. First, stay in the city. Stay in, stay in Jerusalem until you've been clothed with power from on high, until you've received power from the Holy Spirit to go and accomplish that. Because in the end of the day, it's not your strength that's going to do it. It's not your enthusiasm in this moment. You've seen me raised from the dead and you're so excited. Uh, that enthusiasm won't last. That excitement won't last. Wait until you receive the power of the Holy Spirit because Jesus says, I'm the one that's going to build my church. God's the one that's going to do it. He's going to use you to do it, but he's the one that's going to be doing it. So wait until you receive power from him. Jesus will build his church. He'll even use people to do it, but not in their own strength, not in their own power, not in their own wisdom. He wants us to be filled with his Holy Spirit. And immediately following Jesus's death, burial, and resurrection, this is exactly what we see happen. We're launching a brand new series tonight studying the New Testament book of Acts, which is a history of the early church. So this is the very first Christians, the very first Jesus followers, the first believers. How exactly did Jesus build that church? What did that look like? The book of Acts is a sequel to the Gospel of Luke. Uh, and it picks up right after the resurrection of Jesus during this period of time where Jesus is appearing to his followers. He's spending time with his followers several weeks where he's teaching them, them things. Uh, and Luke tells us he's providing them with many convincing truths, convincing proofs that he is alive. These hundreds of eyewitnesses will become that very first community of believers. What we think of as the church, uh, these hundreds of eyewitnesses to Jesus' resurrection who spent these time, uh, this time with him following the resurrection and over the next few weeks, we're going to be studying, uh, studying this book, studying the book of Acts, right, and trying to see what we can learn from this first group of believers. Um, we're going to be studying it in our life group Bible studies during the week and then also studying it together on Thursday nights as well. I'm excited and for, the, for us to study the life of these first believers together, in part because the way the body of Christ looks right now, especially on a college campus in this season of social distancing, these uh, smaller, more intimate gatherings that we have to have uh, look so similar to how the early church looked in those days. I want us to be very clear about this. Church is not a place that you go, right? Church is not a place that you go. Church is the body of Christ, right? His power and life expressed on the earth. If you are a Christian, you do not go to church. You are the church. You are the church. 
And the church has expressed itself in a variety of different forms throughout human history. The form that it takes, again, on the college campus in this season, uh, during a pandemic where we've got a social distance, we can't have large meetings and large worship gatherings. We've got to meet smaller, smaller, more intimate gatherings in each other's homes, in each other's apartments and dorms. Uh, the form that it takes in this season, you can be encouraged because that's how the church looked for the first 300 years or so, right? So as we study the book of Acts and study the lives of these first Christians, they would have been intimately familiar uh, with this kind of small-scale gathering, but that's exactly what they did. You know, they, there were no big uh, worship centers. There were no beautiful cathedrals. The believers met in each other's homes, small groups that would pray and worship and study the Bible together and share their lives with one another. And Jesus used that. Jesus used that. Jesus built his church, and thousands of lives were transformed in those first few years. In Life Group next week, we're going to kick off uh, our study here of the book of Acts by looking at what Jesus taught his followers during this time before ascending to heaven. If you've not yet connected to a Life Group, I really encourage you to do that. You can go to kylefamemphis.com and click on Life Groups. We'll make sure you get plugged into one. This is going to be a small group of guys, small group of girls that you can study the word together, encourage one another, build each other up, pray for one another. Uh, and, and the Acts series that we go through is going to have those two components, man, that small group Bible study during the week and then, and then a larger study as we come together uh, on Thursday nights as well. And, and both those components are going to have valuable stuff as we, as we study the book of Acts together. So if you're not yet get in a life group, I super encourage you to connect with one of those. There's several that meet at different times throughout the week that you can belong to. Uh, and I also want to encourage you this week with this. Jesus will build his church. We can be sure of that. I have no, no idea ultimately who's going to end up taking care of this kitten. Uh, if it's anything like our dog, then, then a lot of that may fall to me and my wife. Right? I don't know who's going to take care of the kitten, but I do know that Jesus will build his church. Jesus is the one who built it, or built it originally, and Jesus is the one that continues to build it and grow it. And the ultimate responsibility is on him, not on human wisdom, not on my strength, not on my intelligence, not on my power. But I can trust fully in God that he's going to accomplish what he wants to accomplish in our lives. Jesus will build his church, and he tells us the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Jesus will accomplish his will on the earth, and nothing can stop that. Nothing can stand against that. And Jesus will also accomplish his will in your life, right? Jesus has plans and purposes in your individual life, and I want to encourage you, nothing can stand against it. Nothing can stop what Jesus has planned for you. So uh, I want to encourage you not to trust and your own wisdom, your own intelligence, right, and your own power or ability, but trust fully in God. Say, God, I'm surrendering my life to you. Do with my life what you please. Use me to build your church. Use me to be a light to the people around me, uh, to share the gospel, to proclaim the good news, Jesus, of what you've done for me, the difference you've made in my life. Help me to share that with roommates and classmates and friends and family members. Use me, Jesus, to build your church. Would you accomplish whatever you desire in my life? Jesus, I trust you, uh, and I want you, want you guys to kind of meditate on that this week. Jesus, you're the one that's going to build your church. Your will is going to be accomplished. The gates of hell will not prevail against it, and, and Jesus is going to accomplish his will in your life as well. I love you guys. In your family groups now, there's going to be some discussion questions where you guys can dig deeper into this topic together. And also remember, tomorrow night, we've got our trivia night on Zoom. Come and compete, show off your trivia knowledge, and win some big-time prizes. I look forward to seeing you guys there.